Yeah, what it do, baby? <laughs> it's your boy, Sean. I'm back with another one. Thank you for tuning in to episode three of ASM with K. I appreciate the love that I've been seeing in the first two episodes. I've been getting some really good feedback. People were telling me they fuck with it, you know, and they just saying that they like my voice and all that shit. You feel me? Got a nigga feeling himself. Might become a sex phone operator, you know, got that sexy voice. You feel me? But <laughs> I just appreciate the love that I've been getting and fucking, yo, what's been going on in a week? To be honest, I just, well, I started my, my own new job at American Eagle and that shit killing, bro. And it's not even because it's hard. It's easy as hell. Work retail, you know. I'm just waiting until, you know, MSG start to really get the coin. But I started, um, you know, working at American Eagle. And here's my thing, right? I'm used to, like, getting up early ain't the issue. When I was working um, as a custodian during the summer, I had to be to work 7 o'clock. That's not the issue. Issue is when you got to be to work at 7 o'clock and you work downtown. Which means now that you got to get up even earlier. And when my ass, you know... I was out of work for a month, so my average wake-up time on some G shit, 9.30. 9.30 in the morning. That's, you know, as late, you know, if I'm really tired, 10 o'clock. But generally speaking, I wake up at 9.30, and it doesn't matter. I go to bed 1, 2. But now I'm starting this job. I did it today. Had to go there, like, Tuesday or something. And being there at 7, and then I alarm go off at 6. Oh, my God. That shit annoying as hell. Like, fucking, like, even this morning, actually, um... I hit my alarm, boom, 6 o'clock, I hit my alarm, all right, cool, let me get up. So I'm thinking, right, I'm about to get up. Next thing you know, my mom opened the door. And this how you know I'm, this how you know I'm fucking crazy. My mom opened the door. She like, hey, Sean, don't you got to um, be to work at 7? I said, yeah. And she's like, well, it's already 6.30. Now, mind you, when she opened my door, I like opened my eyes. I'm thinking, I right, you know, because I'm up, my alarm just went off, my mom checking on me. So the timing is like, mom, it's 6 o'clock. My alarm just went off, I'm good. She said, nah, 6.30. I checked my phone. That shit said 629. You know how pissed off I was. Because now that means I couldn't have a bowl of cereal. I couldn't, like, kind of get ready. You feel me? Like, and this is why I took a shower the night before. Because I know if I wait to try to take a shower in the morning, I'll do some stupid shit like that. Then I'll be tight as hell. Because you can't leave for work without taking a shower. So I'm going to be extra late. So I took the shower the night before, luckily. And I'm like, how the hell? When my alarm went off at 6, I know I hit it. And I closed my eyes for like a second. It felt like I was only blinking. And somehow, some way, 30 minutes went by. That was fucking crazy. Rushed in and it's just like, I'm just been all discombobulated today. And that's really like, you know, just been happening. So I'm getting adjusted to like, you know, having to be back early. Because even with other jobs I had, I'll come in 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. You understand? Nothing crazy. Which means it gives me enough time to wake up my own. But this right here, oh man, this shit crazy. So... It's just, you know, a little um swing I'm getting. Um, I have to get back into the swing of things of working and shit. But, yo, I ain't complaining because, look, I could be a nigga right now still jobless, tight as hell, asking people for money. So, I know that check coming soon. Once that check come, I'm buying me an eighth and I'm lighting up. You know the vibes. <laughs> but what I can say, though, is, you know, during this time, like this down period of just not having bread and I'm just a prideful nigga. So I really don't like asking people for money like that. So I haven't been smoking. What I did realize is I use, I was using, um, weed as a, um, as a crutch. I was using that as an excuse. Um, somewhat, I somewhat could say I was addicted to it and I hate when niggas be like, oh, you can't be addicted to weed. Yes, you can be addicted to weed. You know why my nigga? Because if you feel like you have to do something every single day just to alter something in your mind, that means you're addicted, my nigga. Like, come on, like, come on. If I, if, if, if a nigga beat his meat every single day, you can't tell a nigga, oh, no, I'm not addicted to beating my meat. You understand? Like, you do it every single day. My nigga, same thing with anything. Cookies, whatever we want to do it. Like, we can just bring it to whatever. Like, if you do, I, let me just stay on top of weed. I, I was basically smoking weed every day and I felt like I was addicted. So that was like, you know, kind of just stepping them on a minute to myself. Yo, damn, you know, I was like kind of addicted to it. And it's not like a bad addicted, you know, it's not like crack or heroin type of addiction. But I was addicted to it for the simple fact that I was just using it to not look at myself in the mirror. I would um make up excuses, um you know, because I do kind of have bad memory. I'm not even going to hold you. My, my memory is kind of shitty. But 
it always be like, oh, blame the weed, or I just finished smoking, so oh, nah, you know, I'm hot, nah, nigga, I'm just not paying attention when people be talking to me, I'm not actually forcing myself to use my brain power to be like, all right, let me make sure I store this, I just go ahead, receive some information, let it go away, and then when I don't remember, be like, oh, well, I smoke, so, you know, of course it's gonna happen, nah, that's not, nah, uh uh-uh, because I know niggas that smoke that still got a great memory, you feel me, so it's just about, and then even to even make it further, you know, to um, make my point even harder, I'm at the homie crib um the other day and we talking about um Eisenhower, um Dwight Eisenhower and like you know I have vague um information about him, you know, very little um information about him, but I know I know of him because I watched this documentary on Netflix. They have this whole series I think everybody should check out, but it starts with the sixties. And if you watch it, it go from sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, and then they they just even did the two thousands. It just kinda break down, you know, the decade of that time and what was going on, like what was happening in the sixties. Like I've been living in the sixties and I'm gonna tie this in later. Probably in a couple minutes actually. But um, you know, like I didn't know what was happening in the sixties, seventies, so I watched that. And I actually watched that with my father in law like years ago, you feel me? So I'm, and it was kind of cool because I was watching it with him. And I think he was somebody, you understand? Like, he was born, I think, in the, like, either, you understand? He was born in 60. He was reading stuff. But his, you know, his mother was at that time. So from his mom and shit, I learned from, you understand? Like, you know, just that knowledge. So it was kind of like just to sit and watch somebody that actually lived through this shit. It was cool. And to have information to bring it back to weed, like I was saying. It was like, you know, having smoke, you know. And I still smoke here and there. Like, when I go to my homie Tay House, he'll light me up. And if I'm chilling with somebody, they light me up, you feel me? But just not being... Like, having it accessible to me in my crib. Like, I I ain't doing that. I might as well roll up. That type of shit. So, because I haven't been smoking in the crib on an everyday basis, you understand? I'm at his crib, and we just talking about, um, because now he started um, writing um, reaffirmations on his wall. So, he used them. Um, he quoted Eisenhower. And in my head, I'm like, I know that name. Like, where? I was like, you know, I know that person. And then he was like, oh, he's the president. And I was like, oh, word. Um, I was like, damn, what time he was the president? And then I just said, you know, I think he was, in, I think he was president in the 50s. And then Tay was like, I don't know, might be, you understand? Like, he was kind of, you know, questioning. It wasn't a disrespectful question, but it's like, when you take in a guess, and then now I second guess myself real quick, ah, you might be right. I might have, like, that feels too, you know, late. He could have been earlier, some, you know, some shit. But basically, um, we hit the Googles in that moment, come to find out, nigga, he was on president. He was president of the United States from 1953 to 1961. And I was just like, yo, I know that. And that was just a, a moment for me. So it was like, okay. So I can't even say, you know, yes, I can say sometimes when I smoke, it do mess up my memory. But it also just goes to show, like, because I haven't been smoking and I just been like, and I actually made sure I critically, like, I, I was like critically thinking, um, okay, that shit, I forced it to come out. And the reason, like, I'm still bringing it back to ease because in that moment, I'll just say if I'm smoking, if I've been smoking, I'll think. And if it can't come to me, I'll just be lazy. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I can't remember. You understand? And that's me. Um, That's me accepting that, ah, uh, yeah, I can't remember when it's like, no, actually take a moment to think about it real quick and you got it, you feel me? So, that's just um, I feel like I just wanted to share with people just in case, I, you know, I, and look this ain't me, this ain't a a, a, a a dare ad you understand, like, I'm still just saying like, yo, for all the people that, you know smoke weed every day, here's like a little policy I'll just say, like, yo there's four, there's four weeks out the month. Just pick a week. It could be the first of the month, you understand? It could be the second, you understand? Oh, the first week of the month. Whatever month you want to choose. For shorties, if you want to choose it to be when it's your um, cycle, I, that's a bad idea. But you understand? If y'all just want to do that, just pick a week in the month and just be like, you know what? From Sunday to Saturday, I'm not buying no weed. I'm not saying you can't smoke, but you don't buy it. Um, if you go to a friend's house and they smoke you up, that's cool. If somebody comes to your crib and lights you up, that's cool. Like, live off land for that week. One is going to help your pockets because... I know somebody like me, I blow through, especially when I have money coming in, you feel me? Because obviously, if a nigga broke, I can't just be spending recklessly on weed. But when I know, like, oh, my income is good, everything is good, I don't got no bills, you understand? Bills taken care of, all this, um, this, that, and the third. Oh, I be blowing through weed. Let me buy an eighth, go to the homie crib, smoke a whole eighth, come back to the block, let me get another eighth. Uh, you understand? I be buying eighth, so I got an eighth for the crib, I got an eighth for outside, I got an eighth for a shorty. Like, you understand? I'm, I was an eighth head, nigga. I'm going to a shorty crib. All right, let me get this eighth so we can smoke it. You understand? That's the type of nigga I was on. So, trust and believe, like, I spent $100, you know, in a day on weed. And I know niggas be like, oh, I'll do that too. You feel me? Of course. But it's even worse because at least with a hundred, you'll be like, all right, nigga, I went and got like a half or something. Nah, nigga, this is me just talking. I'm going to get an A for myself. And then, no, the homie hit me up. Oh, I got to get another A. You understand? Like, I'm, it's the bits and pieces, not just the whole hundred itself. It's like when you just kind of do it, like you go into the store. So 
just that's just my little advice. I'm gonna just tell people like yo, just pick a week out the month where you just live off the land. One is gonna help you put your pockets, and two, you'll realize oh shit, like you know your mind actually do clear up. You kind of you know just get better at ease because you just don't always want to use it as a crutch. You don't want to be like I have to depend on it because let's just say we can't get no more weed in the planet. Somehow it all burns up. You still got to wake up and deal with that feeling. You still got to wake up and deal with whatever's been bothering you, that pain, that, that you know, whatever it is, you understand? Whatever you're trying to avoid, you still got to deal with it. So I just feel like instead of trying to run away from it or get high and thinking that, yo, my problems is going to blow away. No, nigga, once the smoke clears, still going to be there. So just, you know, learn how to deal with that. That's my PSA. <laughs> And um, before I even go any further, I just want to say um, R.I.P. Rest in peace, John Witherspoon. I believe, you know, he passed yesterday and that shit was crazy, man. It was just, it was crazy. Like, I'm coming coming from Tay's crib at night, you know, like 1.30, 1.40 in the morning on the bus. And I'm just scrolling, breaking news. I'm like, whoa, what? Like, pops? Like, damn. And, and it was crazy because I... The reason it was like crazy for me is because I remember seeing that breaking news and it's like 1.30, 1.45 at night. So not everybody's up. So I knew that everybody that was up that got in the moment, I just seen your R.I.P. Pops, R.I.P. John Witherspoon. And it was just an amazing moment. And then once everybody else did get up in the news that, you know, once they got the news, like, oh, shit, he passed and everybody sad, um, saddened by it. And it was just it was just breaking my heart because, you know, he was a huge part of my life. I'm not even going to say childhood. My whole life, my nigga, like, growing up, like, I watched the Wayne, you understand? Like, that's the thing, like, because as a kid, I can't make it seem like, yo, as a kid, I, I knew all this shit. Because I didn't learn about Friday until I started hanging around my homies in school smoking weed. You see what I'm saying? But these just different parts of life that I, but as a kid, I remember watching Wayne Bros. I remember watching all, like, almost all the black sitcoms. Fresh Prince, he was on an episode there. You understand? He was in Soul Plane. Like, he was just in so many movies and so many roles that it's just, like, as a kid, I was always like, oh, man. Like, that was my man. Like, yo, he was funny. He was Pops. Like, that's what it was. You understand? Like, he was Pops. Um, Bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, I love... Like, come on. You feel me? Like, he just had so many jokes, man. It was amazing. And then when I get to my adult life, and then, um, you know, then I see him on Friday, and then I see him on, like, just other movies, Boomerang, and just all these other shit that he did back in the day, you know? I'm just like, oh, well, you understand? It's like just the, the culture. And even for me, I felt even more attached because... This was somebody everybody was connected to. You understand? So it just wasn't like a, a, a age group or you understand a race. Like nah, nigga, everybody grew up on John Witherspoon. He just kind of made you remember of like that that old dude that everybody loved. Like yo, that's the you understand pops. Everybody loved him, and you couldn't. And you always just you know no. There's like just no bad. You understand? Just no bad. You missed that feeling. And you know he was teaching you lessons and he was making you laugh and you just really felt good. You had the 30-year-olds, you understand? Because, you know, I follow, you know, I just kind of follow on Twitter. And then you got the, 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 the late 20, early 30s. Those kids, they still, you know, missed them. And then you got the 40 and 50-year-olds. Because, you know, John Witherspoon, I think they said he was um, 77. So, you understand? So, even, like, the, the older adults that's, like, you know, 50, 60, it's like, damn. And I might, and if I'm wrong about his age, I'm sorry about that. I thought I read that he um, died at 77. So, if I'm wrong, I do apologize. But it's just like, you know. Just cherish, you know, just cherish, cherish the um, old, um, the older generation. You understand? They have so much information that we do not have. They have them um, and, and, and they lived it. You understand? So like somebody like me, I be thinking sometimes like, damn, yo, I think it's crazy to live in the 50s. Cause like, nigga, they, like they was really overt racism. Like, you understand? Segregation type shit. And nah, they lived it. Like they was young, they childhood, like my whole, um, I'm, I'm keep because you know I'm a best friend, so he um obviously is important. So like Tamar, he have his grandmother. His grandmother is um I, I'm forgetting her age, so I don't even want to say it because I don't want to be wrong. You understand? But I know his grandma. I think is um at least at least ninety if around that age. But it's like he when he talks about her, like you can just see like his face light up or like. Whenever he mentions her, whatever or stories, and it's just kind of cool because it's the same way for me too. And that's not my grandma, but it's still it's still the same love because it's like you know, unfortunately, both my own, both my grandmothers passed by the like passed by the time. Let's just say I know on my, I think I don't know when my grandma on my father's side passed, but I do know that 
my grandmother on my mother's side, she um passed when I was like in fifth grade or something, fifth, sixth grade. So I was young, you understand? So I didn't really get to understand or value that relationship. But, you know, he, you know, had that relationship with his grandmother his whole life. So he really values it. And it's like, you can just tell. And you can just, you know, he just had, like, when he talked to me about certain conversations, he just asked about times and, like, differences. You understand? It's just kind of like, wow, like, because she can go back, like, to me, like, to, to me or to him, to whatever. That's, like, that's our history. Like, I was born in 95. So that's... For me, it's history in the 50s, you understand? But for somebody that's older like that, nigga, that's there. That was, I'm, I'm, I might have been um t- 10 years old at that time or something years old. So it was just like, or even with my parent, like my mom, like, you know, she'll talk to me about the 80s. And for me, that's the crack epidemic. Like, that's like, you know, all that's to eat. And my personal, um, just, you know, my whole quick um tidbit. I feel like America is not America. Where's it at now without the 80s? So for me, I'm always fascinated about the 80s. I want to hear stories about the 80s. I just want to hear social stories. But you know what I'm saying? Like, crack came out. HIV came out. Niggas like gay, um, like, you know, just had um gay advocates or gay rights was kind of like, I don't want to say popping at that time because I want to make it seem like it faded away. But it was just a lot of shit was getting confronted in the 80s. So talk to my mom about some shit in the 80s. And for her, it's like, oh, no, yeah, I remember I was like, she's like, yeah, I'm like, she told me she might have been like 10, 15. You understand? I'm doing terrible math right now. But just basically what I'm saying is my mother being a teenager. So like for me, when I think about that, that's like me when I think about the early 2010s. And how I was like, oh, damn, Indy ain't going to know how it was to like be when Drake was popping. You understand? Or even now, actually, if I'm going to use Drake, like when I hear like, you know, my nieces and nephews. Or whatever these young kids, you know, the, the new 13, 14-year-olds out, and they get Drake, and it's like, I kind of have a disdain, because they think he's fire, and they love him. I'm like, oh, y'all don't even know some old man shit. Y'all don't even know about So Far Gone. Y'all don't know about Comeback Season. Y'all don't know about Room for Improvement. So, to tie it just kind of back before I, like, kind of get too far, because I can already feel me getting too far, just appreciate our elderly, appreciate the older generation. Um, they have, like I said before, they have so much knowledge, they have so much history and they lived it. You understand? That's the difference. We're not getting it via text, but we're not getting it via, you know, third party. We're getting it from their lens. So when you sit there and listen to some of these stories it's amazing. You understand? So just RIP John Witherspoon, um, please everybody talk to your parents more, talk to your grandparents more if they're still alive. Just cherish that, cherish that because we, we are losing them. You understand right now? Like I said, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be 24. So, nigga, I'm about to, like, you let. And then I don't, like, don't want to make it seem like I'm aging myself or I'm trying to rush to get old because I'm not. But it's just, like, I kind of, like, my concept of time. I always try to think of time. And it's like, yo, so far what I lived up to, and let's just say a year from now, 25, you understand? That's halfway to 50. Like, I'm halfway to 50. And I'm not trying to make it like, nigga, you young, you understand? I ain't trying to make that a big deal. But it's like, yo, really think about it. Like, I remember being 10, being hyped. Like, yo, I'm halfway to 20. You understand? Like, ah. So it's like, when you put that in perspective, like, yo, I'm about to be, you know, I'm turning 24. So even if not, like, let me not judge, but even double 24, nigga, I'm halfway to being 48. I'm halfway done. 50%. That's crazy. Just kind of, you know, start putting shit in perspective of time. It's like, so just just cherish those, cherish the elderly. Uh, I know I keep sounding like a broken record, but that's just because it's something that's really been on my, on my mind. And it's been on my mind recently a lot because, like I said, I talk to the homie about his grandmother all the time. Um, and then, you know, in the passing of recently, just, um, you know, of elderly, like black elders. And we feel like we're losing a lot of leaders. And it's like, because I feel like we're losing a lot of leaders, let's soak up that game before it's all gone. Because once it's all gone, we be thinking the internet, everything lives forever. With these people, they had to pass it down through generations. They had to pass. So let's let's receive it. Let's not make it. Let's not feel like, oh, well, we could get this information because we got the internet. Nah. Let's actually soak it up. Let's sit down, have a cup of tea, relax, talk to them. Because you know why? They We just look at them like they old. And it's like, nah, they had a long life before us. It would be surprising how much the world may or may not have changed from their eyes. So that's just something I want to do. R.I.P. John Witherspoon. And I'm going to flip it today. I'm going to flip it. I know I'm doing like a transition, but I think this might be one take K today. I don't feel like really doing too many takes. I'm tired, y'all. I'm sorry. So this might be one take K. But instead of, you know, usually starting off with anime, I'm going to flip it because I'm going to just kind of recap 
Today's Thursday, Halloween. Oh, before I even go any further, man, I'm just giving a shout out to my daughter, man. I posted on my Facebook, probably gonna post on my Instagram later too. Um, my my daughter for Halloween was Owlette, and she just looked dumb cute. And I remember she was so happy, and it was just it was killing me too because like <laughs> she was so upset because she showed me her costume via Facetime. Um, via FaceTime, so I call her. She showed me she's dumb happy, and she's jumping on the bed, and she's really getting tight, and she start crying. And I'm like, Indy, why are you crying? You just got your costume on. What's up? She's like, Daddy. I'm like, What's up, baby? She's like, I can't fly. And I was like, What you mean? I was like, I can't fly, cause um for costume she was out um for her Halloween costume, like I said, she was Owlette from um PJ Masks, and obviously Owlette name Owl, Owlet can fly, so she's sitting here upset with me, she's like, daddy, help me, I can't fly, and it was just like, in that moment, it was just like, so precious, cause I was like, how do you tell a three-year-old, you know, and obviously, she knows she can't fly, but she got that costume on, and she wants to fly, and I just wished in that moment, I was just being able to pick her up, and be like, come on, we out, and I would have ran for however long until my legs got tired, just to make her feel like she was flying, but it was just like, you know, it was just that moment. And I just needed to get my dad shit off real quick because I just I'll be remiss to like let this whole podcast go because that was probably my favorite moment of the week because she really had me laughing and crying like, yo, she really wanted to fly and she really got upset. And that's it. And I hope you get all the candy that you're going to get, baby, and make sure you don't mess up your teeth. And if you do, it's all right because they're going to fall out and you're going to get a new set. So go and eat all the candy in the world, baby. <laughs> but now back to the ASM format. Um, back to the ASM format. I'm gonna go ahead and um start off with what I did last week and heading into um last week. And I remember I shouted out the um event that I was going to in Brooklyn sessions vo- sessions volume two. But that shit was lit. And now I'm just you know tell you what happened. First of all, I was in Brooklyn. Um, shout out to the homie Tavon. He killed that performance. Like he had the crowd rocking. Um, you can go to his Instagram at at N-O-V-E-T underscore underscore one more time at N-O-V-E-T underscore underscore. And my bad if it sounds a little different, but as soon as I was freaking preaching, I was going to be one take K. Here comes the AE job calling me to see if I can come in tomorrow to do a seven to one. So, yeah, now I'm on schedule for tomorrow, even though when I thought I had off. So I got to get ready for another seven in the morning shift. So let me not really complain though Cause I'd rather take the bread And let me just continue going on with the show I'm sorry about that Um, Sessions volume 2 That shit was amazing I just gave out his ad Like I was saying It was in Brooklyn like I said before And it was rocking Mad people there It was so Like it was amazing art Amazing vibes Amazing drinks Amazing hosts Like it was just so many amazing people there You understand Like Um I'm forgetting the host name, but shout out to him. And I have him on Instagram too. I'm so sorry for that. I forgot your name, bro. But I am just going to plug your podcast. Cause I do remember your podcast and I checked it out today. You can probably get his, um, you can get his information from there, but his podcast is called the grown folks table podcast. And it is funny. It was um, him and his other, you know, his other co-hosts. Obviously, I'm new to it, so I'm still learning people's names. But yo, it was a really good episode. I really did appreciate it. They just coming back to start um to start their new season, and that was just the type of event that it was in Brooklyn, guys. Like you had content creators there. You had like it was just so many people. It just really felt like an amazing vibe, man. You had podcasters, you had musicians, you had photographers, you had artists. It was just an event. And it was so many black people that I loved it. You understand? Even though it was in Brooklyn, you know, man, Brooklyn crazy. You feel like, you know, Brooklyn's Brooklyn. But all in all, it was a great time. Um, I discovered amazing new acts. You understand? I think I um, I met this duo named Legacy on there. I'm trying to get them. Not even trying to get them. We already talked about having, um, having them come on the pod or me going to them. And I just wanted to get a couple more, you know, shows under my belt and brush up my interviewer skills before I'll be like, yeah, just come on, you feel me? So I have that lined up to do an interview or I'm trying to line up an interview with them. And I just seen that one of them posted on their IG stories that they got a show in Virginia in December. So they doing their own thing. Shout out to them. They dope. Shout out to Legacy. Um, Amber Lee, she killed her performance. Um, you can search on Spotify called, um, obviously, Amber Lee. She have this she have a couple EPs on there from 2017, but she have this one song on one EP called Goat, and that shit was hard. 
what? Like, she performed it, and I was rocking with it. And then I heard the record, and I'm like, sis, it's been two years. We need a new project. <laughs> and I can't. And I know she said she's been recording. She's cooking shit up. And I think she actually got a new song coming soon. So, um... Go to her Spotify at Amberly. You can probably hit the Google's Amberly to get her um Instagram. I believe her Instagram was I am Amberly. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I know there's a way. You know, like I said, I just gave y'all Spotify. There's a way y'all gotta be able to connect. Um, Dio Mada. She also gave a dope ass performance. Um, her stage presence was crazy. She rocked it. Um, she had amazing hair. She was looking like Todoroki, but it was just amazing, man. Like everything, her swag was cool. And those, um, those, those, those four performances, you know, I still think my brother had the best one. That's no shade to nobody. I'm sorry. That's no shade. And I don't know if it was true or not, but I seen this man, Tavon had somebody from their crib looking outside, watching on their fire escape. You feel me? If that's not having the best performance of the night, then you tell me like, come on. Like that brother did his thing and go check his Instagram. I think he have a clip of um the performance that he did. And yeah, go check him out. Also check out his music at at Tavon is um not at Tavon, but just Tavon, that's his artist name on all streaming platforms. You understand? So just go check it out. And volume two was an amazing success. I can't wait to go to the next one. Um, I can't wait to go to Tavon's next show. And I actually can't just wait to bump into some of the people that like I said, like I got an interview lined up. Um, with one of the acts that I've seen at Sessions Volume 2. So just, you know, um, you know, just the word is eluding me now, but I use it all the... Networking, there we go. Stupid. Um, you know, niggas networking, niggas is linking, you feel me? Let's linking, Bill. Like, I know niggas always say it, but it's even cooler when you don't say it and it's just an action. When niggas just go to an event, dope vibes, you understand? Hot 9-7 was in the building, WBLS was in the building. It was just a really great vibe, man. I just appreciate that people, like I said, in our age range, you understand? I look at my age range from anywhere 21, 22 up to 27, 28. You understand? That's like three years younger, three years older. So I look in that age range and we all doing dope shit and we just all be able to bring an environment that was chill and nobody, you know, it wasn't no rah-rah. Niggas wasn't looking at each other funny. And I get, you know, people, oh, it ain't going to happen. And people always say that it ain't going to be like that. But there always that one or two people that just come and ruin everybody's good time. So the fact that nobody ruined the time out there, everything was lit. You understand? That shit was just amazing. So, yo, shout out to everybody that did a 10 Sessions Volume 2. And I just can't wait for the next one. Like I said, that was a dope. And bringing it along after music. I just want to go ahead and just what I did that week or during the week. I remember um I was hyped as hell. Put on my Facebook status. I was disappointed. Nobody told me about BoJack Horseman season six. Nigga, I just go on a Netflix. I'm like, oh, what's going on? And then I see um a BoJack. Like, you know, on the top, I'm like, why they got BoJack up? They probably, and in my head, I'm thinking, oh, they got the trailer saying when season six is going to be coming soon. So then I click, and they told me I watch season six now. I'm looking like, oh, they probably a mistake or something. They told me about season five. Nah, they told me about season six. So I had to, you know, readjust. Cause I think I noticed that at like 11 at night. I was like, nah, I'm not even going to do it to myself. I'm going to fall asleep on it. Let me wait till the next day. And I'm just going to say this, man. It's about time we put we start having an honest conversation about Bojack on some G shit. Bojack might be top five, like cartoons, you know. And I and I know I say that everybody got a top five, and you know they can say they got a top five. Next thing you know, like list off ten. You feel me? Well, I'm just saying, man. Like I already know Avatar, The Last Airbender. That's already like that's might be number one for me, but um, just I know that's not going nowhere, and I can name millions of cartoons that can fit this top five criteria but we could be here all day so i'm not gonna do that i'm just stick to bojack horseman um season six was amazing um just to kind of recap or just to start off season six yeah he um we see bojack he's checking into rehab reason he's checking into rehab because in season five he was wilding my man my man um was on set you know and that's and one of the main reasons why I love Bojack, but just to, just to go ahead and get through it. He was on set. He um was popping pills. Um, He just kind of got addicted to pills, taking drugs. And then he's on set. He haven't been taking his drugs. Nigga kind of had like an outburst. Not an outburst. He had like a, a spaz moment. Like, you know, when niggas are and they ain't having no drugs, Um, he think he's shooting and he really choked Shorty out. And at the time, he was kind of... Sleeping with Shorty, work. You understand, working, sleeping with Shorty. So she wasn't expecting that. And she thought that you know Bojack was starting on the path of doing good, and he choked Shorty out. And everybody seen that. 
And it was crazy because even after he choked Shorty out, the show was a hit. You understand? The like the show that he did was a hit. He's getting publicity. Everything's good. And when he's doing it, he want to do the right thing and tell the world, yo, I actually choked this woman. Right? Um, but the woman said, no, you're not going to do that. And the reason she said that is because I'm not trying to turn into, like, I've worked. She was saying her whole career, she's an actor. At that point, everything that she worked for is going to go away because now she will be known as the girl that got choked by Bojack Horseman. And when she said that, I was like, damn. And it, and it fucking sucked because as a woman, why would it be that she has to be like, yes, that happened, but it's like, she could move on past it, but you know, the media would never, she was, you know, she was like, I don't want to be in every interview. You're the first name to pop up every time I'm asked, like, hey, I'm talking to so-and-so and do you, or how was it when you got choked by that guy or, or, um, you know, looking back at it and she ain't want that. So she told him we're going to do this interview. It's going to be normal. And then don't ever speak to me ever again in your fucking life. And, um, shout out to Deanne because Deanne took Bojack to rehab. And even in the first episode, like, you know, in the first episode, we're not acknowledging you understand Bojack is deflecting still. He's not he's not he's there, but he's not there. It's like I'm in rehab, he's not fully embracing it. And then he starts you know, and after like an episode, episode and a half, he starts fully embracing it. But eventually Bojack kinda come to realize that, yo, a lot of my issues that I have, you know, comes from drinking and he couldn't recognize like he couldn't really remember why and now that he's sober and he's been sober for like a few months now you're going through his memory and they have an episode where it's like you going back to see kind of like how did he start drinking you understand so it was a flashback of him on horsing around first episode young you know kind of young adult and he's nervous and his hairstylist is like loosen up this that and the third you know what she do pour a little bit of vodka and his own thing you feel me so pour a little bit of drink in it, and then he loosens up and he starts doing it. So, but in the episode, you think, okay, that's when he kind of first started doing it. You understand? And then another flashback later on in the episode, and then you get um, what was the flashback? Him at a high school party. Um, you know, he's being called the nerd this, that, and the third, and to to want to be cool, to want to be fit in, to be socially accepted. Um, he drinks, he, you know, drinks beer and got drunk and now he's cracking jokes and he's making fun of people and being mean and people's reacting to him. So you think, oh, that's where he got it from. You understand? No. And then he even goes back, you know, another flashback this is why it's crazy. Then you have another flashback. Um, Bojack's mom sends him to his dad's office cause you know, yo, drop your dad some food. He ain't come in, give him something to eat. Nigga walk in, he see his dad cheating on his mom. What I think probably a a secretary or something. So what his dad do kind of you know jokes, laugh, poise, makes Bojack a drink. Looks like it was um coke and um rum or something, right? So he makes him a drink, makes him drink it, and then when he drinks it, he kind of I guess pass out. You know, cause at that point it's not like he's not like the last flashback I just told y'all he was like a teenager. This flashback that I'm telling y'all now, he's a kid, mo. Like, let's just say let's put it at. 10 you understand let's just say 8 9 around that age he's a kid go to the office because i'm gonna assume if you send you know you send your kid to your dad you know his dad job by himself he ain't gonna be like a four-year-old <laughs> so you know you do that and you found and his da- dad basically made him drink this alcohol and then once he drinks the alcohol he wakes up he's in a car and he's like what happened wasn't we just in the office i really don't remember nothing and then his dad is on some Oh, you don't really. Uh, he was like, "Well, I don't really know." And then he admits to like, "Yeah, you know, you shouldn't be drinking or something like that." And it was like, "Yo, how about we just agree? We don't remember anything that happened this night. We don't talk about it. I won't tell your mom. You won't say nothing. Anything that happened tonight that you saw, we will not talk about." Obviously, that's his dad being an asshole, getting his son drunk, and then telling his son if he even did remember that you saw me or you caught me, you know, cheating on on your mom. You ain't gonna say nothing either. So then the episode keep going on and then boom, the final, um, the final flashback of that episode and the ending of it was, it was Bojack's birthday and I guess they were supposed to be throwing him a birthday party. He walks in, his dad's passed out drunk, his mom passed out drunk, party decorations, everything's messed up, look like they've been arguing and fighting and Bojack is just sad. You can see the, um, you know, the, him being distraught. And him just wanting, you know, he always wanted to crave that love from his parents. He go ahead, 
And now at this time, he's five. You know, the reason I made that distinguish now is because he's getting younger and younger with each flashback. So it was like he's trying to trace the source back of his drinking problem. His drinking problem been a problem since he was a kid. He just never realized it because the ending of that episode was um he had to be at least four, you know, four or five, a young, young kid. But he go ahead, takes a sip of a open. I mean, not, I don't think it was open, but still it was a bottle of liquor. So he took a sip. And because both of his parents has passed out. He crawled up under his mom and went to sleep. And it's like, damn. And he did that. And he know he did that after he took a shot. And it's like, damn, you understand? Like, you feel you understand? You feel for him. And like, I don't want to get too deep with Bojack because we can really go there. Like, Bojack really have so many um moments where it's like you understand why he's an asshole, but then he do shit where it's like, yo, Bojack, you are a fucking asshole asshole like for real like it's because and that's and it's a very and it's a very and everybody should know the difference between the two of what i'm saying right now so it's like yo you're a fucking asshole you're not yes all the petty shit all the bad shit that happened in your life yes i wish it didn't happen to you but even with all that being said you do not have to do this right now you understand and it's like everything now is coming back so basically and now because i don't want to get too in like in in deep of it and i know i keep saying it because i can really go on for it because everything ties into the show it's not like whatever happened in season one is not relevant to season six like no my nigga everything is relevant everything is coming back to um you know coming back to haunt him now especially and it sucks because now he actually got his shit together and i know before in other seasons you think he got his shit together and then he fucks up and it's like damn he faked this out. And that's how it always was with Bojack because he never believed in himself that he can be any good. I can't, you know, I why why how can I be any good? Because all this bad shit happened in my life. And it's like he just came to accept, hey, even with all the bad shit, I can still choose to do this. So now with that decision of him making, I I'ma do better. He go ahead and what's happening? Um his little sister is about to come to find out that this nigga tried sleeping with um um, Hollyhock is his little sister name, by the way. So she's about to find out that um, he attempted to sleep with one of his childhood friend's daughters. Like, and mind you, she's like, you know, she was a her high school prom at that time, so she was underage. You understand? So it was like, it, and that, and that's what I'm talking about. That nigga Bojack had some real fucked up moments. Cause even in that moment, it was crazy. Cause you see, it and you're like, Bojack, don't. Bojack, do not, my nigga. And this is all after shit happens out in LA. She invites him to New Mexico. He's chilling, doing good in New Mexico and fall in the fucking trap. That's why I like Bojack. Because it's not one of those shows that, ah, he fucks up one time, fucks up two times, and then now we good. We're going to go back to him being good. No. The issue with Bojack is every time he comes close to thinking he's about to do the right thing, he fucks it all up. And, 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 And it's just not... And and it shows in the show because it shows in the show because of the fact the other characters don't fuck with it. Like, I went back and watched episode one. You can tell the complete difference in how he treats Todd from episode one to season six. And I was like, wow. And then I, like, watched the episode in season three. And it was like, I remember, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Todd really stopped, like, Todd stopped fucking with Bojack. Like, fuck you. He said that, Bojack, you're a terrible friend. I'm not fucking with you anymore. Same thing with, um, Princess um, Caroline. You got Diane, um, Mr. Peanut Butter. Like, it's a lot of these um characters that is just like shit. Shit don't, shit don't stop. Shit don't change or whatever happened this season don't affect it. That's why I really like Bojack because you're on an emotional story and it's very um it's reflective. The reason I love that show so much and this is made I made like and I think there's also one of my issues of mine sometimes because I think I try to see myself or I try to force to see myself in like characters or stuff that's like not realistic to see like how to um to try to better myself or ju- you know judge myself to see if I'm a decent person but I really like the flaws that Bojack have I might not I might not have them to that degree but I know some of those flaws Bojack have I definitely relate to and I and I can understand his flaws and I think that's why that show is amazing because it's a show that you can understand his flaws and you can understand his shortcomings because we all been through that we all been through saying that we want to change and then we don't change or we say that we want to change start doing the change and it still fall back or we do the change, do the change, and then something happened, and that's an excuse to go right back to our shitty ways. When it's like, no, you got to always keep on trying. Always keep on trying to be better. Keep on doing better. So BoJack was just amazing. Everybody should check it out. If you never watched BoJack, that means you must have been living under a rock for a long, long time. So start with season one. 
and just watch it there. You understand? It's light, my nigga. Like, come on. Because um, season six was only eight episodes. And that's another thing. Because the way they ended season six, like I was trying to tell. I told you how they ended it. With Holly Hawkins about to find out what happened. What um, happened in New Mexico. Even um, And even to um, Sarah Lynn, her mom started investigating. Because... Woo, I'm giving y'all so much information right now. But if y'all haven't watched Bojack, then it's like, y'all don't know who I'm talking about. But and I'm not even going to say that comment. But just know, like, everything that he's done wrong before is coming back. And that's why I like it. The show ain't going to hide it. And this is the final episode. So I think season six is going to be the final season of Bojack. Because when I finished watching episode eight, it said final episodes coming January 31st. So I, obviously, I'm excited for January 31st to come out. I can't wait for those final episodes. Um, you definitely have enough time to start from season one and be caught up in season six. You got to think they're like 12, you know, they're like 12, they're um, 12 episode season. They're 22 minutes a pop. You understand? So one season is probably going to take you three and a half hours to watch. So if you really want, you can catch up on BoJack in a week. I highly recommend it. It's an amazing show. I don't, you know, I can't, I don't know how many stars I'll give it. I just know it got two thumbs up and I'm invested and I'm a huge fan. So everybody go check that shit out. It's on Netflix. Come on, everybody got Netflix. And if you don't got Netflix, go hit up that girl slash guy that you've been fucking with. Or hit up the girl slash guy that actually likes you and you being petty and you just want to use them for their Netflix password. I'm not judging you. I've done it before. All I'm saying is you hustle and finesse well. And that's what I'm going to say on that. And that's actually going to wrap up my animation conversation. Um, Fucking, you know, same thing. One Piece is still kind of in development. We met Odin. You understand? whoop the damn do. That's kind of cool. So now we get in the back. Like, you understand? We get in the backstory of Odin. I just kind of caught up with... um. I actually did caught up in Demon Slayer. Some shit have happened in Demon Slayer. But basically what happened on um, niggas on... Um, um, Muzan basically came out his can't, um, cocoon. He's fucking shit up. He's on a warpath. He's about to try to eliminate the hunters tonight. Niggas described it as a bloodbath began. Like, so in this, mind you, this is all with all the upper demons fought, and we lost some viable warriors coming up to it. So right now, my nigga, um, everybody Tanjiro's about to go fight. Like everybody's about to go fight um Muzan and he's back and he's weak right now too. So the more he kills, the stronger he gets. So that should be good for Demon Slayer. My hero is still my hero. They still preparing to kind of, you know, get on this fight. No, like, developments happening that. What is the other anime that I'll be checking for? What I said, One Piece. Oh, um, shout out to Kiss Anime. That's just the website that I'll be using. Um, so, guys, I know everybody loves Seven Deadly Sins. And if you don't read the manga for Seven Deadly Sins, you should. But even if you don't, um, go to Kiss Anime. And they just started releasing season four. So, if you don't feel like waiting on Netflix for the whole season four to start, um, they just started releasing it, um, I think, Three episodes just kind of came out. And then the new ones, this is now going to lead into Meliodas becoming the Demon King and all that other shit. And this is stuff that everybody should know. And if y'all just watch Netflix, then you know it. I'm sorry. Then that's probably a huge, like, spoiler alert. But I just even said Meliodas becoming Demon King. That's still not, like, the huge surprises. Like, this so, like... Because if y'all really just watch on Netflix... That, Esterosa is still in the cocoon. Y'all still know the nigga as Esterosa. Like, there's characters that I just know now. Like, I don't even call Esterosa Esterosa no more because of the name. Y'all don't even know what transformations about to happen. Like, it's a lot of shit. So, if you only watch um, Seven Deadly Sins on Netflix, I'm going to suggest y'all go to um, Kiss Anime. They just started releasing the episodes weekly. So, before it goes from, you know, because they got to show it in Japan first. And once they show all the season, all the episodes in Japan, that's when they kind of upload it to Netflix. But if you don't feel like waiting that long, you can start following it now. Um, and I think that's it on my anime. Just kind of been like a slow, slow. I would probably say slow. It's been a slow week for me for anime because nothing been happening. I've been w- waiting for um fucking One Punch Man to come out. It's been since September twenty second since they came out with a fucking um chapter, bro. At least they come out with a chapter twice a month, so you gotta wait two weeks. And sometimes those chapters be like a fifty page chapter, so it makes up. But bro. It's October 31st now. Come on, One Punch Man. What the fuck y'all doing? Drop some chapters, bro. I'm getting sick and waiting, man. So, like, that's really what it is on that. Um, Anime been cool. And to kind of just, you know, get to the ending part of the podcast, I kind of had some shit that I want to talk about in the sports world that made me kind of, you know, cringe a little bit. First first things first, you know, because today's Halloween before, and I'm about to dive into sports. Yo, shout out to the Nationals, man. They just won their um, first World Series. 
as a team, all for that franchise. I know they're going to say as when they was the Senators, they won back in like the 20s or something. But my nigga, I wasn't alive and we don't give a fuck. Like, so this is the first, you know, the first, the first championship for baseball in D.C. since basically the 20s. Um, shout out to Steven Strasburg. He was the World Series MVP. Nigga had a clutch postseason. I think he was um he went five and no. I think he posted a under a one point five ERA. You understand? Like he was just balling, man. Just to kind of see like and just to see where Strasburg came. I remember, you know, growing up, nigga, we used to clown Strasburg because it was like, yo, the Nationals one time really shut him down before the postseason. Like, well, you tell him he came and go. So now to see him going from like, oh, the perception of him being like. A buzz and or not even a buzz, but per, per se like not living up to the potential. And now you got a world MVP. You know what that means? Come opt out and join the evil empire. It looks good. Like right now, the Bronx ain't that popping, but in the summertime, it's popping. In Strasburg, you don't want to be here in the Bronx in the summer. So you know, just come on, get your MVP, and that's what the Astros get. I told y'all niggas, I knew y'all was losing when y'all smacked the Yankees up out the playoffs, cause that was disrespectful. You're gonna beat the Yankees, you beat us. You don't beat us on a walk-off, my nigga. Like that was hella disrespectful. So I knew it was a wrap. And also, too, like the Nationals like have the best record in baseball after they started 19 and 31. So, like, to be what's that, 12 games under 500 at some point in the season, and then to come back and finish finish with one of the best records in the league. I say that's a shout out to y'all. So, um, just shout out to all DC, man. Y'all either really good in DC or really bad. There's no in between. Like, the Mystics just won the WNBA title this year. The Capitals won the 2018 Stanley Cup championship. Obviously, the Nationals just won it in 2019. And then we take those three teams away. They left with the Wizards and the fucking... I'm not even going to say it because that is one thing. If I'm going to be a sports, you know, I, event, I, in my dream, like, you know, one of my dreams, I'm going to share with you guys real quick. I do want to be like a radio, a sports radio host. So I'm starting my, my principal now. I think they need to change the name for the Washington, for the team that plays in Washington, D.C. I don't really want to say it. We all know that's a slur. We all know that's offensive. You understand? And I know like there's other names and other like, you know. Team sports that kind of should get changed, like the Indians. And even if we ain't gonna change the Indians, you got to get rid of the Chief Waho um, logo because that's offensive. The Braves with the Tomahawks, like we all know that's offensive. But the actual term that the Washington, like the team that played football in Washington, use, my that's basically that's basically just saying you imagine having um a team called the New York Niggas or the new even if not not the Niggas, the New York Negroes to make it sound less harsh. That's still not popping. I'm not rooting for no team. Let's go, Negroes. I can't do that. Like, nah. So, I think they need to get rid of that team name. So, that's just my quick stance on that. That's nasty. And Dan Snyder, you a nasty nigga for how you even be responding. Like, go go um, look up on Google Dan Snyder's, um, just Dan Snyder, and then the name, and then his response. You understand? Um, he just comes off so insensitive about the whole topic, and he feels like, y'all asking me about this? Y'all, tuh, what type of question is that? So that's just nasty. And I guess just to kind of switch from, you know, one owner of a football team to being nasty to another, not owner, but just management of a football team being nasty, it goes to a team that I sometimes root for. Yeah, I told you how I give it up about the New York teams. I obviously got my favorite, and then I got I root for you because I'm from New York. So the Jets, obviously... They um the Jets just released one of their offensive linemen. His name was um Kalichi Osimeli. And um the reason he they released him and I'm gonna just kinda be quick on this is just cause the man was in pain. He was tired of dealing with the pain. So he um he went to his doctor. Um he was having shoulder pain and his doctor said that he needed surgery. Shoulder shoulder surgery, but it would end his year, you know, end his year. But the team was trying to say, nah, you don't need to have um, surgery on your shoulder. You can go ahead, take these pain pills. You can take this Corazon shot, and you can play through it. And he said, I'm not going to do that. I do not want to take those Corazon shots. I do not want to take those pain pills. I just want to get surgery and um, come back from the injury faster. The Jets then denied him from having surgery. Um, so he said, he went to his own doctor and said, I want to have the surgery. The judge said, if you have that surgery, you know, they probably didn't say it out loud, like not on wax, but they was basically saying like, if you have the surgery, we're going to find you a day every time you miss. And eventually he had the surgery and, you know, hopefully all well for him and he recovers well, get back on the field, but the judge released him. And I just felt like that was so nasty on so many levels because, Think about what you're trying to tell this man, right? Just think about the um, and just think about 
first, let's just think about the out the look on the NFL, right? So the league have a real issue. Like they have a lot of issues, domestic violence issues, um, players, how like how they act off the field. But even regardless, you can probably say the number one league issue is CTE. Um, obviously the older players now, some of them, not some, you know, a good vast of them have CTE and it's even getting shown that you can, you know, you have CTE while you're in your playing, playing, your playing years. You can also have CTE, um, you know, after, if you play college football, like basically just the sport of football alone is like parents are trying to double because you're getting these head injuries that is just fucking you up for the rest of your life because literally it's like being in a car accident every single time you get hit over and over and over and then imagine doing it again next Sunday so that's what you're telling these players right and then here's the thing too you have a strong you have a strong you know drug policy that you can't use weed you can't use weed right but because you can't use weed you go ahead and um you go ahead and tell him though that he can pop these pills and I just look at it like yo so when he do get addicted to these pills, and let's just say he start using them and he can't get off of them, then what y'all going to say? Because now y'all just made a person addicted. And that shit is trash. You see what I'm saying? Like, how how in y'all right mind, dude? First of all, how do you try to license somebody and tell somebody what pain tolerance they can play with, my nigga? Like, you're not in that person's body. Unless we, like, magic, like, you know, unless science got that that developed that where, like, we got, we can patch, like, we can put patches on our shoulder and somebody else can have a patch on their shoulder and you can feel the pain that I feel, then I do, I do not wish for nobody to ever tell me what I should or should not do. Especially that man's putting himself on the line every single time for your franchise. And your franchise is worth... So and such billion dollars, the Jets decided to like if, if Woody Johnson, the owner of the Jets, decided to sell the New York Jets today, he will make at least at least three billion dollars, and that's the minimum. You understand? That's the minimum he will probably make is three million dollars. Like, let's keep it real. You understand? So let, let's let's not make it seem like y'all paying this man. Y'all probably only pay this man a couple couple mil you see what i'm saying so just put that y'all will sell that team for at least three bill and he probably make what a million two million salary i didn't look at sorry so i'm just making up a number but i know he ain't one of the top paid offensive linemen you understand he was able to get cut so it was easy for them so y'all cut him just because he decided he wanted to um make his like life healthier and i just don't like that and i just they don't sit well with me i think it's trash i think it's whack whatever words that y'all want to um put on it y'all can and that's just shame on the jets and i know that was a story that i wanted to do last week but i just had so much shit i wanted to talk about basketball that some of these stories i just pushed for next week and luckily nobody else kind of really talked about it it went under the rug and for fans that always want to choose the owner's side about oh this player don't deserve that or the oh this player shouldn't you know do this do it for the benefit of the team this is what happened when you try to benefit the team won't benefit you Y'all tell these players all the time you got to do shit in the interest of the team. These teams don't give a fuck about these players. You know why? Because they just look at them like numbers, my nigga. They look at them like a barcode. As soon as your day comes to expire, they're on to the next one to get somebody younger, faster, stronger. Come on. So stop with so for all the fans out there that are always like siding with the team and saying this person should take a discount. Remember this story when they fucking cut this guy because he decided he didn't want to take no pills. He didn't want to take no Corazon shots. That's what he decided to do. And they cut him because of that. So just remember that next time y'all want to get on that bandwagon about, oh, I'm riding with management. Fuck management. Any job. <laughs> on some G shit. It really should be the workers against management. But it never be because you always stay having some dick sucking ass niggas as workers. <laughs> like, you feel me? So that's just one. The Jets is nasty. I'm tight at the Jets. And here's another thing that I thought was nasty, but not, you know, not to that degree. But um, on Twitter last week, I seen Jamel here retweeted. She retweeted this video, and it was like, y'all don't even know what y'all just did. And it was a video of the Portland Trailblazers on um, social media team. And even, let I me mean, not say social media team, but I guess these are the people that kind of, you know, help run the page of their social media, but just like the in and outs of like their operations is just the Portland Trailblazers, right? And you get the cameraman, he go ahead, um, you know, take pictures of the players on the court, have different views. You got the beat writer, reporter, and then you got the digital, you know, you got the girl that do like, she's the leader in digital. And, you know, they all come together. They got their little staff meeting and all oh, this is cool. You probably think in case you're on how is it nasty, right? Let's say you think about, you know, let's think of Twitter, right? And you think about when people be joking back and clap back and like certain shit and vernacular that's on Twitter, especially NBA Twitter, because NBA Twitter is supposed to be of the culture. You understand? So with NBA Twitter, they always got the memes ready. They always got like the what's in cool. Like you, y'all get what I'm saying. And just, just off a lick or just off random. Can y'all guess how many, how many. 
Oh, can y'all guess what color, at least, you know, what race was being ran in the Portland Trailblazers, like, you know, division for the social media team? I'm going to give you a few seconds. And all I'm going to say is they did not look like me. But yet, if I, you know, I can't tell that when I go on Twitter and they clapping back and they doing the black vernacular, you understand? And it's just, it's just sickening because it's like, I just kind of get tired of like white people wanting to use our culture, want to use our slang when it's convenient for them. And then they just get the profit of it, but they don't ever have to deal with the hundred percent, the everyday life that comes with it. It's cool to talk a certain way. It's cool to, I'm going to just use lit. You understand? Even though I know lit is just for everybody, you understand? But it's just like, just different different sayings and different phrases. Like, we all know what I'm talking about. Go to the Portland Trails. If y'all want to, go to the Trailblazers Twitter, you know. If y'all Portland Trailblazers, they got a Twitter account. And y'all can see the type of shit that I'm talking about. They interact with the players. They make it seem like a brother's tweet. And when you know it's not a brother. And it's just tiring of, like, white people you being wanting to be black when it's convenient. Because for me, it's an every single day thing. For me, it's sitting on a train, right? And I got my hoodie on. I'm listening to music. And I got an old white lady sitting next to me that she's going to move over because she deems me as scared. And y'all can say, okay, Sean, how do you know the lady think that you're scary or not? You want to know how I know? Because of the fact that she really didn't want to sit there. But the fact that she seen it was the only seat available, she had to sit there. And as soon as she got the first chance to get up and go to an... And it's not like she even went to a better seat. Because it was the same way, too. She actually sat in between two fat people just to not sit next to me. You understand? Or when I'm at the bus stop late at night and I just pull up waiting on the bus. And I have some late... Or another lady just take a couple steps back. And I get it. You know, it's a lady at night. They might be protecting themselves. But we all kind of get it. You understand? I'm a black man. At that, I'm a big black man. So I know usually people look at me like, oh, what's that? And, and if they don't know me, I got dreads. I'm usually playing my music. I'm headbound. I'm dancing. So it's like people always just kind of want to take a step back, give me my space. So it's like I got to do it. Or if a cop get on the train, they go, they, they always going to profile and try to see who they deem, deem as dangerous or not. So I live with that every day, 24-7. Y'all people stay behind a computer screen. Y'all can get y'all jokes off. Y'all can make y'all y'all jokes like whatever in the moment, whatever memes is in the moment. And y'all think it's funny and it's cool and y'all get y'all retweets, but then y'all go home and y'all got y'all privilege. I don't have, like, you understand? I love my black privilege. I'm not even trying to say that black privilege ain't great. I just get tired because I can't use white privilege. But I'm tired of white people using black privilege. And then when it's when it's convenient for them to throw that black privilege away, it's easy. They can just hit. I'm done with that. You understand? I can't, I, I'd be damned if I, I do some shit. First of all, I don't even have the white privilege in me. And if I did, as soon as I did try to throw it away, you know how fast a nigga will then just call me right back to being black? I see it all too many times. You be these people, they love you, they adore you, and then as soon as you do something that make them remind you you a nigga, they hate you. I.E. Colin Kaepernick. So that shit is just disgusting. And I just think, yo, just make it more diverse. You understand? Cause, and it's just disgusting because it's like, why in that room when I'm seeing the shots in the video and they all away? I'm like, not one black, not one black person um, educated enough to be in that room. One black person not qualified enough to be in that room. Come on now. That's a damn shame. Make, make y'all rooms more diverse. Then I can understand the way y'all post. But the way y'all post, y'all just try to appeal to the black crowd. And then y'all, when y'all go home, y'all still be able to be white. And that shit corny. So... I just think the um, Portland Trailblazers just need to kind of get get more diverse and to kind of just stick with basketball in that realm. I'm kind of sick of the players too. <laughs> now, the beef that I got with the players right now ain't because of some like real, you know, it's not like, nothing like that. No social shit. No, no, nothing like political or nothing. It's just like these niggas really think sometimes because they play the game of basketball that the fans really don't have a right sometimes to say what we want or how we feel. And I get tired of that as a fan. I get it. I don't play in the league. I'm 23. I'm watching RJ Barrett. That nigga 19 putting a bucket for the Knicks. You feel me? I see this new age all the time and I just find it crazy. Like I'm older. Like I'm the same, I'm the same age as Carl Anthony Towns. I'm a year younger than Joel Embiid. I'm older than Trey Young. Like, it's crazy now that I'm in the day and age where I look at these bowlers and I'm like, yo, I'm older than some of these niggas. Like, I can go for a drink. These niggas can't. Like, it's amazing to me. But basically, just the, the reason I have, I'm upset is because as Knicks fans, I think the other night before we got our first one of the season against the Bulls, I forgot who we was playing. We was at home. It was the Celtics. We getting our ass banged. 
by the Celtics. And Dennis Smith is on the floor. And first of all, I think R.I.P. Not R.I.P., but prayers and condolences go out to Dennis Smith Jr. He lost his stepmother recently. And also to another Nick, you know, prayers and condolences out to Reggie Bullock. He just lost his um, sister to a shooting in Baltimore. And, if, and it's worse for him because I know he's heartbroken. Because a couple years earlier when he was on the Clippers, I just read that he lost his um other um his other sister. And his sister was a, you know, a trans... I think, I think it was a brother... I, I'm butchering the story. I'm so sorry, but I know that it was a her, her brother was a trans. He lost, I believe, a sister, and the sister was trans. You understand? And then she got murdered because it was a trans. I'm not sure if she was a trans man or trans woman. And I don't want to seem. I don't want to come off as insensitive. And I'm not fact checking right now, so I do apologize. But just go look up, and y'all can see the story that I'm talking about. But basically, he lost. You know. Basically, he lost siblings, and he's the oldest, too. So he, Reggie Bullock, lost two of his youngest siblings within a span of, you know, let's just say four or five years to violence. And he felt like he failed as a brother keeper. And I understand because, you know, I don't got my I got my younger brother, but I also got my my older sisters, my older brothers. And just you don't want to lose a sibling. You don't want to lose a family member. You don't want to lose nobody. And to feel like you failed. And when I seen that, I was like, damn, I know he's going through it. So I'm really sending my thoughts and prayers to um, Reggie Bullock. Please keep your head up. And during this time, sending my thoughts and prayers to Dennis Smith Jr. Because he lost his stepmom. And he had a real close connection. And I don't care if that was a stepmom. He probably looked at her like his real mom. And I can only imagine, God forbid, when my mom, when my real mom passed, I know I won't know how to act. So there's RIP to those two Knicks before I even go any further with Dennis Smith Jr. So with that being said, Dennis Smith Jr. was playing like hot garbage. I'm sorry. He he just was. He was playing like hot garbage. Um, First three games just wasn't playing that good. And we in the garden. And now our first home game. We want Frank. That's what we chanting. You're playing like trash, so we're going to say, we want Frank. We want Frank. And I didn't think that was nothing bad. Now, yeah, it's at home. You don't want to hear it. But also, at the same time, my nigga, we don't want to see you play bad. So, it's like, you don't want to hear it, and we don't want to see you play bad. But you're the only one that can change it. You want to think? Because if you play good, we're cheering. If you play bad, we're going to boo. And we're supportive. But we also got to give it up. Like, if we think somebody else can do better for our team, we're going to root for that other person sometimes. So, we chant, we want Frank, and then the video go viral. Video go viral. Now, everybody's trying to trash Knicks fans. Oh, this is why no superstar is going to come play for the Knicks. Oh, this is why y'all been losing for so long. This is why y'all trash. Ah, da, ah, ah, da, ah. Shut the fuck up, my nigga. Shut up. Y'all don't watch the Knicks. Y'all just watch highlights. As a fucking Knicks fan, I watch every dribble. Y'all don't know my pain. So I'm fucking... Fuck, fuck out of here, Kyle Kuzma. Fuck out of here, um... Donovan Mitchell trying to talk shit about the Knicks. Y'all niggas don't watch every dribble of the Knicks game. I do. I put myself through that pain. Nobody else does. Oh, other Knicks fans do. But we do. Y'all don't. And y'all got more money than us. Well, some of them, I don't know about other Knicks fans either. But I know y'all got more money than me, man. <laughs> fucking y'all millionaires playing ball. Y'all gonna try to sit here and tell me how to root for my fucking team? Fuck out of here, man. I get tired of that. Don't sit on your high horse, my nigga. If you play like trash, we're gonna tell you you're trash. Stop it. Stop it. We live in this fucking era where we gotta be nice to everybody. No, you're fucking trash. And I root for this team. I'm investing in this team. I rooted for them before you would say I'm rooting for them after you here, my nigga. We only remember the niggas that deliver chips. That's why we like Clyde so much. Like, and we haven't had a chips in 73. 70 fucking three. My friends wanted to joke with me. They were talking about, yo, okay, man, you really might live and not see a next one a title. Bro, you know how heartbroken I'll be? You know how heartbroken? And I bet you there was people that was born in 73 that it's 2019. That's probably people that died that never seen the next one a title. You understand? Not the Knicks. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. My favorite New York teams, all my favorite New York teams gave me fucking moments. Even the New York teams that I root for gave me moments. You understand? Yankees won a title in 09. You understand? And even without that, and I, I don't like counting the 90s one. I was a kid. I was born in 95, so I don't like counting the 96, 97, 99. You understand? But even if I did, the Yankees was a fucking juggernaut. It's the Yankees. 27 titles. We do this. We win. My other favorite football team, Giants. The Giants won two, not one. Two titles in my lifetime. They won two in four years to be in fact. So if I don't see the Giants win another Super Bowl for the next 30 years, I'll be upset. But it makes sense. The bum ass Eagles just won one and they've been playing in the NFL for a long time. So I get it. I'm not, as a Giants fan, Eli gave me my two, but I appreciate it. I witnessed Super Bowl victories against the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, 
correction, against the most accomplished quarterback of all time. Because I don't even think Tom Brady is the most is the greatest quarterback of all time. He's just the most accomplished. So we beat Tom fucking Brady and Bill Belichick twice in the Super Bowl. That's what my Giants did. And let's just say the Mets. Oh, what about the Mets? Nigga, the Mets went to the NLCS about to go to the World Series in 06 if it wasn't for Yachty fucking Molina. And then they got to the World Series in 15 when they lost to the Royals. So at least I seen the Mets in the World Series. You see what I'm saying? Jets, they went to back-to-back AFC Championship with Mark Sanchez in his rookie year and um, second year. So the Jets, I seen the Jets on the verge of going to the fucking Super Bowl. So it's kind of like every New York team I kind of root for, even the Rangers. The first year when I was living in Jersey, I met my homie Rob, man. He was trying to put me on to rock, um, hockey. And I remember he was trying to laugh. He's like, oh, you never watch hockey. So it's cool. You could be a Flyers fan. I said, bro, I'm from New York. Ain't no way in hell I'm going to be rooting for. I'm, all my New York teams is New York teams. And then the one Philly team I root for is in hockey. Nigga, that's like me turning my back on my city. I said, nah, I'm going to root for the Rangers. And you know what happened the first year when I root for the Yankees? These niggas go to the fucking Stanley Cup when they play the Kings and lost. But at least they went to the stand. Was it the Kings or was it the Blackhawks? I don't know. But I, I want to say it was the Kings. But still, you see what I'm saying? So even when I rooted for the um, Rangers, and I don't even really care for hockey like that, but I root for them and they went to the Stanley Cup. So the only team in New York that I really care about that I haven't even seen being in the final is the fucking Knicks. And I'm not counting that 99 one because I was full. So still, come on now. Niggas got to do better. So because we got to do better, I'll be getting tired of You ain't going to try to tell us that we bad or we this and that because we want we rooting for our, for our team. Nah, fuck out of here. I get tired of these NBA niggas, man. Y'all want y'all bread. Like, y'all convince fans to, nigga, it's okay to not play 82 games. I, I was raised in an era where, nigga, I remember seeing people, Kobe and them. Um, who else I'm missing? Steve Francis. Like, I remember seeing these players when I was young playing 82 and playing the playoffs. Not convincing these new generation that is okay for fucking quote-unquote low management, nigga. You understand? And look, I'm not even too upset with it because I understand it. But I still think it's trash, and I do respect the players that do go out and play at least 70 of the 82 games because that's all we really be asking for. It's 82-game season. It's an 82-game season. Why are these niggas only playing 65? And you know what's the frustrating part? Because the NBA talking about wanting to cut the season down, make it 66 games. Don't do that because then the players going to be like, oh, well, we might as only well play 40. Like, fuck out of here, nigga. You can be- it's barely any practices anymore. They cut training camp down, cut the regular season down. How much more do y'all want? Y'all niggas want a fucking vacation too and get a check for playing ball? Why don't you put all 30 teams in Hawaii so y'all can play ball there? That would be happy for y'all? Like, come on, man. Fuck out of here. So don't don't try to tell us about our team and our squad and what we do to um make us feel bad. Nah, I get tired of that. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We fans for a reason. Fans are short for fanatic. We know the feeling. And I'm not going to have the professional athlete telling me why we should or shouldn't chant. We wasn't saying, yo, Dennis Smith, you suck. We wasn't saying Dennis Smith this. No, we just saying we want Frank. We want Frank. That's it. And I still root for Dennis Smith. When he come back, I hope he drop buckets, you know. But until he do, next man up. And with that being said, with that next man up mentality, I'm about to next man myself up out of here because I think I just did my first podcast for over a fucking an hour. And that's crazy. So I just want to go ahead. Thank the fans for listening. Thank y'all. Thank y'all tuning in for ASMK. I'm going to be back next week. And it's going to be on and cracking. And the wise words of Indy, I peace.